0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. In this message, I talk about removing the roots. And the scripture I read from comes from Mark chapter 11, verse 12. And I'll read it now. It says, The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money charges and the chairs of those selling doves. And he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, the scriptures declare My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves." When the leading priests and the teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning out a way to kill Him. But they were afraid of Him because the people were so amazed at His teaching. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city, and the next morning as they passed by the fig tree, he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day, and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say this to the mountain. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. I pray you enjoy this message. Well, let's start from the start. God curses the fig tree. We see Jesus, Jesus is walking, sorry, and He walks and He sees this fig tree. Now, Jesus knows it's not in season, yet still He curses it, though it doesn't bear fruit. Seems quite odd, would you say? Yeah, I would say so. He curses the tree, and the disciples hear it. He goes to the temple, turns over tables in the temple. That next day, he walks and he sees the tree, and they see the tree and they're reminded wait a second, yesterday, Jesus cursed this tree. And then Jesus says it was dead from the roots. Dead from the roots. You know, after a while in our life, we have issues, right? I've got issues right? I'll start with me, okay? I have good issues. And there's times in our life where we pray for God to clear those issues. Like, God, clear away the cobwebs. Clear away those things that are holding me out. Clear the cobwebs. Clear the cobwebs. And then you get so fed up that you go, God, just kill the spider. Uh, right? There's things that we, we keep holding us back, but then sometimes we just need to pray to that spider to see it go, right? That is the thing that is clearing our hearts that we go, okay, there's roots in our lives. What I'm trying to say is that there's things that we continue to try and clear, but they are rooted in deep. Clean the cobwebs. God deals with some things by the root. <laughs> Who loves gardening? Some, wow. I love gardening. I know it sounds weird. Ask my wife. I gu- she tells me I garden too often. I fertilize my lawn. I water my lawn nearly every day. I like to get my edges perfectly straight. I, I very much enjoy the satisfaction of when my lawn and my garden looks really clean and immaculate. Does anyone else find that? Okay, okay. There's a couple. There's a couple. Now, if you know me or you may know my parents, Pastor Dave and Pastor Claire, they live on property, okay, there's a few acres, and I grew up every Saturday sitting on that lawn mower, foot to the pedal, mowing the lawn, every single Saturday, and I'm not going to lie, I hated it, I didn't dislike it, I hated it, I loved it, yeah, that's right, there's a reason why he had four kids, <laughs> to work the property, right? So I'd mow every week, and there was things, and it would go, okay, this child, child number one, you're mowing, child number two, you're whippersnapping, child number three, you're weeding, child number four, you're hedging, go to work, right? I don't pay you for nothing. So that's the way. It was a slave house, okay? (laughs) Come on. I've got the microphone. Okay, okay. So I did not enjoy gardening when I was living at home, and then suddenly I move out, I get married, I have my own house and I go, wait a second, this lawn is horrific. How can someone live here and have this many weeds in the lawn? How can this garden bed be so ugly? So then suddenly I found myself buying mowers, buying weed spray, buying whippersnippers, buying fertilizer, and suddenly I found myself every single Saturday (laughs) mowing my lawn. Funny. Yeah, it's called maturity, isn't it? Right? I really do. I enjoy gardening. And if anybody knows, growing up, when you do weeding, right? I found a weed outside. (laughs) When you do weeding, and if anybody knows, when Dad would get me to do weeding, I worked out that if you just pulled the top, you could get rid of the stem and the leaves and he wouldn't know that he didn't get the root. And there's times where I remember weeding hills. I'm just being honest right now, sorry, Dad. But then I would pull from the top and you could get rid of it and you walk past, wow, it looks so great. But as you know, with weeds, if the roots are still there, it's only going to spring back up. And it's only going to spring back up stronger and thicker and bigger than what it was before. Right? There is nothing better than when you're weeding and you grab it from the bottom and you get that root, pull with it, right? How good is that? That satisfaction of when you pull the weed and the roots come straight out with it, it's like, ah, yes. Now I can plant something good there. (laughs) You know, that's what God wants to do with us, hey? God wants to set you free from those issues, those things that have been holding you back. He wants to attack the issues in your life. He wants to rip out the roots. Does anyone want God to rip out the roots? I do. But sometimes we can get so concerned about seeing how high the weeds are that we just want to take those leaves off. We just want to go through quickly, get rid of the stem, pull off the leaves so you don't see it. It looks good from the outside. But as you know, over time, that root is only going to sprout again. The cycle continues, we can pull from the leaves, we can look from the outside and we can see that it looks good, but suddenly the weed regrows. We are all dealing with issues that arose in 2020. All of us, every single person on this planet has had to deal with something new. There's things that we have to deal with. And right now, today, is your opportunity, church. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. And Jesus spoke and he cursed the fig tree. And it says that this tree was dead from the roots. I believe today, if we would only give Jesus the opportunity, that Jesus will take those issues that have held us back, that have held us down. And if we attack the root, that Jesus alone... I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a counsellor, I'm just a measy old pastor. But I know the power of Jesus, and I believe today if we only open the door, that we give God the opportunity that those roots can be pulled out. They can be pulled out. Just like weeds, God doesn't want us just to live where we just keep pulling the stem. He wants us to pull out the root, amen? So why does it always feel like we're pulling away the leaves? Why does it always feel like the roots remain? We get temporary freedom. Like I said, you could walk up and the hill looked great, but you know the roots are just there. It's a little bit of respite. Oh, I've just dealt with that just for today. Tomorrow I can deal with that next. Next week, oh, I'll just have to pull the roots out next week. Right, we get temporary Freedom. We can end up just living a cycle where all we do is just deal with the leaves. It's just like, for example, us, let's say we know someone who has a cancer diagnosis. And I know in this country we don't have to pay, but let's say they have money set aside for chemo. And you're just praying for them, you're believing for them, and they go with that money and they go to a wig shop and buy a wig. And they spend all that money, they'll spend their next round on chemo on buying a wig. Now, anybody in this room would go, what are you doing? If only you use that money to pay to to go that next round of chemo, if you deal with that issue, it will deal with the other issue. Do you understand? Is that sometimes we can get so transfixed on just pulling out the top, clearing the easy stuff, that we get in a cycle where the root never is pulled out. You see, Jesus today, he wants us to deal with those roots. There is a challenge as to why the roots remain, and I want to talk to you about a few conditions that can cause this, okay? Ways that we can work out the symptoms that we have issues. (laughs) I'm not a doctor, okay? I'm not a doctor. I'm not anything medical-minded at all. Okay, I have no idea. Is anyone else like that in the room? Yeah? For me, I just find out whatever I can take, I take it. That's good, done. All right? I have no professional wisdom to give to you today. All I can give you is my pastoral prescription. Okay? You good with that? Okay, so here are some symptoms. Are you ready? Of how we can work out the symptoms of our issues, okay? The roots. Number one, blame itis. Do you like that? You suffer from blameitis. Blameitis justifies the root. Blameitis justifies the root. The condition you have when you always say it's someone else's fault. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a new thing, this has been happening since the beginning of time. <laughs> Good old Adam. But God, you gave me the woman. If it wasn't the woman, I wouldn't have been tempted. If it wasn't for that serpent, I wouldn't have eaten the fruit. He suffers from blameitis, am I right? He is blaming something else. Now, now, hear me out. We can say things like, if 2020 didn't happen, if coronavirus didn't happen. Let me go a little bit deeper. It was my parents' fault. It was my siblings. It was my husband. It was my wife. It was my boyfriend. It was genetics. The thing is, is that you're actually right. They could be the source of it. <laughs> but by doing that, all you're doing is just shifting the blame. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Think about this Jesus could have blamed us, He was without sin. Without sin, perfect. We know that Jesus did no wrong, yet he took my sin, our sin. He did not carry blame on us, he took it freely, as we understand the word. That he dealt with not just the symptoms of sin, he dealt with the root of it. Jesus didn't just fix it for one person, he fixed sin for all. You see, when we blame, all we're doing is just pushing it off us. Right? We're trying to justify the issues that we have in our lives. God doesn't want us to justify it, God just wants us to deal with it. And He wants to help. When suffering from blame on us, all you do is justify the root. Let that sink in, church. As humans, we can justify anything. <laughs> I do. I can justify anything. But in the long run, all we do is continue the cycle. Yeah. Nothing changes. You take away the leaves and you don't deal with the root. Blame-itis, all it does is justify the root. Number two, deflectionitis deflection It distracts you from the root. <laughs> when you feel like someone else is starting to help you, I don't know if you guys have ever been in this position. I remember as a young youth leader in our church and you know, our youth pastor would come and talk to you about something and would be like, don't talk to me about it. What about that thing in your life? Right? They may be something, saying something completely right, yet we deflect. Human nature is a funny thing. I know every man in this room would feel the same. That's married. Okay, I am married. And then sometimes I sit down with my wife and she illuminates things that may be issues that I need to deal with, right? And any relationship, that's the same thing, right? There's moments where there's me as a man, I'm just going for it, killing it, loving life, feel like I'm smashing it out of the park and then there's that humility that comes upon you. <laughs> and there's moments where you can sit there and you hear those words come to you and you go, yeah, but what about that thing you did to me last week? What about what about about that thing last year? Right? Now, usually I can remember two where they can remember about a billion of the things that I've got wrong, right? But there's moments where she might be saying the absolute truth that I need to hear to be a better man, a better husband. Yet those moments in my mind I can go, ah, it's too honest. What about thing you did? We can deflect. We say things like, Well, when you do this, we say things like, you wouldn't understand. We say things like, who are you to tell me that? deflection all we're doing is distracting ourselves from dealing with the root. Yeah, Comparison is a symptom of def- deflection I don't know if you guys have said this, but everybody in 2020, 2021 is dealing with the same issues. <laughs> everybody my age is dealing with the same issues. Everybody who's had to deal with the same things I have They have the same issues as me. We compare. We start saying, we justify, like I said before, we justify, but we compare so much that it now makes us feel like it's okay to have the issue. All we're doing is comparing and trying to tick that box to say that we're okay to feel that way, to have that in our life, right? If we compare where other people are at, all we end up doing is deflecting and we get distracted from the root issue. Stop comparing. Deflectionitis, that's number two. Number three, now, hear my heart in this, okay? Number three, over-spiritualitis. Over-spiritualitis. Now, if you don't know me very well, I've been in church my whole life. I remember waking up in the middle of a nighttime service on the floor under the seat seeing people slaying the Spirit all over the room, sitting there playing with Lego, that was normal for me. I've been in church my whole life, seen things, done things, been a part of ministry, work in a church, okay? I've seen a lot. Now, I'm not saying I've seen everything. I'm still young. Funny enough, we went to a party party last night. George and I were the oldest people there. (laughs) That is the first time in my life that I have been somewhere, other than the parents, sorry, of the, of the child, that I have been the oldest person there. I know how you feel, Dad, now. It's, it makes sense. Right? Everybody. Every party. As Christians, we can be guilty of this. I have definitely done this. I've seen time and time again the symptoms. We say different things because over spiritualitis, all it does is we rename the root. We rename the root. Or we say things like, you know what, I just I belong to the whole body of Christ. I belong everywhere. Well, no, you just don't want local accountability. God has called us to be planted. Yes. Yet sometimes we can over-spiritualize things and we say things and we try and rename an issue that may be something deep down to sound over-spiritual. Yes. Right? Who's ever like Say things like, the devil is just attacking me today. Well, no, the devil is not omnipresent. Right? He's a fallen angel. He's not God. Please know that before I say anything. He is not God. He cannot be everywhere at once. Right? There's demons. There's the devil. Yes. Right? But the devil is not everywhere. He's not attacking me here in Gilston on the Gold Coast in Australia today. Well, sometimes we just need to make better choices. Sometimes we just need to actually use the wisdom that the Holy Spirit has given us and our life to step up and to own the decisions we're making. We can rename the root over spiritualitis. Like I said, I've done this before. We ask God to deal with stuff. Really, all that happens is the roots remain because we rename them and we hide them. And you know what? We can call the roots things like weakness instead of sin. (laughs) God's not looking to punish you, church. Do you know that? Just because you do something wrong, some reason in our mind we think God's going to punish us? That's completely false. He already punished his own son. So that we can get freedom. Don't rename those things that we call in our life. Let's just call them what they are and let's deal with them. Amen? I want that in my life. When issues arise, I don't want to rename them. I just want to attack them and get rid of them. I don't want to perpetuate the cycle. And so every time that re- issue arises, I deal with the top of it and it comes back every year, every time, every time that person hurts me, every time that person says to, to me, every time that seat is taken, every time the sound is too loud, every time that I can't get a park, it doesn't matter what it is, that issue comes back if we don't deal with the root. Don't waste these moments today. This is your time, church. Don't miss this moment today when we can ask God to deal with stuff. Let him go to the tree and attack the root. Don't waste another year. Don't waste another service. Don't waste another moment. Deal with the cycle today. Let God deal with it once and let him deal with it completely. You know, he is the greatest gardener. He wants to pull those roots out he wants to kill those issues that are holding us back, church. Number four. Better keep moving. Number four. Excuse itis. It contextualizes the root. It gives the root an explanation on why it is there. For example, Moses is up on the mountain. And as we know, Aaron is looking after the tribe of Israel. They are there. They've left Egypt. And suddenly the people go, where is Moses. He's taken too long. Where is God? Aaron, we need to worship something. Aaron. So they start throwing their jewelry. They start throwing their gold. He makes them a gold calf and they worship. But then suddenly, as we know the story, (laughs) luckily Moses could speak well. Otherwise, there'd be no such thing as the Israelites because God would have just killed them all right there and then. But he comes down and he says to Aaron, what's going on? Aaron goes, oh. I know it's not the right thing to do, Moses, but the people, the people wanted this. The people were asking for, so they, they needed something to worship, so I thought, well, this is the best thing we can do. So they needed Saint, so I gave them what they felt like they needed. He gave context to the issue, right? He gave context to the root. We don't officially blame anyone. What we do is give context to it. We say phrases like <laughs> Anyone heard this phrase before? It's not my season. Who's heard that? I've said it. No, I'm sorry, I can't do that. It's not my season. (laughs) You ready? It wasn't the season for figs either. It was not the season for figs. Jesus is teaching us something in this verse. It wasn't the season. For figs, we can't use seasons as an excuse. We say things like, I've got to wait till my kids are all grown up. I've got to wait till I've graduated. I've got to wait till I'm cashed up, that I've got a house, that I've got this thing. I've got to wait till my life, I'm at this level of maturity. I've got to wait till this point. And what we're doing is we are now moving the control, the power to us. We give the root context. Jesus knew it wasn't the season for figs. He was showing the disciples straight after that moment, right? The disciples, they see that the tree is dead from the roots. And what does Jesus say? Have faith. Have faith. We need to stop saying it's not my season. Can we be bold enough to know that our God is a miracle-working God? Can we be bold enough to know that God can do the impossible? Can we be bold enough to know that those things that have been holding us back can be dealt with by Jesus who can do miracles? In that moment, he is showing the disciples that, yes, he did kill the fig tree, but that's just for the illustration. All Jesus is showing the disciples that we can speak to something and it can be killed and something fresh and new can grow in its place. Something healthy that can produce fruit, fruit. God wants to attack the roots, church. Number five, victimitis. Victimitis. This will be my last one. Victimitis is this Woe is me. Woe is me. Victimitis' goal is self pity, it actually makes you feel sorry for the root. <laughs> It makes you feel sorry for the root. We say things like, oh, poor root. (laughs) We say things like, I feel so sorry for you, root. Are you okay, root? (laughs) Right? We go, oh, root, it's okay. You'll be all right. I'll look after you. The root is the issue. It's not helping you. Say no to the root. It is the problem in your life. Do not make it feel good for being there. It does not have a place in your life. Those issues, those things that have been holding you back, church, can you hear me? God wants them gone. Don't make them feel welcome. We don't grab the root and get a pot and fill it full of potting mix and give it a little bit of water, fertilize it, right? We don't give it sun when it needs sun, right? We spray poison on that thing, and we kill it. My dad, for a while, when he didn't have poison, he used to pour gas on roots, on peeds, and light them on fire, right? There's a reason why I love to make fires. I'm a male, and I'm a pirate, but... (laughs) it's the whole reason you're in the cycle the root still remains church do not give it welcome do not make it feel sorry for being there Jesus could have suffered from victimitis, you know that (laughs) Matthew 16 we see Jesus and he's talking to Peter and he's just about to go to Jerusalem and in that moment Peter says to Jesus and he's told them what is about to happen. What is about to take place? And Jesus says, Lord, never. Never shall I let this happen. Please, if you can move what God has called you to move it to me. D- D- Jesus, you're perfect. I'm broken. Jesus, you've done no wrong. God, give it give it to me. Jesus could have gone, well, that's true. Yep. Okay, Peter, yep. You can go die on the cross. Or one of the other disciples, yeah, actually, Judas... I think you should probably go down on the cross. <laughs> Beware of sympathizers church. Beware of people that speak life to your issues. Beware Jesus what does he say to Peter? This Jesus does not mince his words. Jesus says clear with authority, "Get behind me Satan." That is what he says to Peter in that moment. Jesus knew that God had called him to something great. That's something incredible. You see, sometimes all we want to hear is that person that's going to sympathize to my issue. It's going to make me feel okay to think that way. But see, all they're doing, every time they sit down with you and go, it's okay to feel that way. It's okay that you were hurt and you were broken. It's okay that You feel that way and they're just giving you a fresh injection of victimitis every time. All they're doing is continuing the cycle. Beware of people that speak life to the weeds. I want to get rid of the weeds in my life, I do. I want to uproot the things that have held me back. You see, when we weed properly, when we get rid of the whole weed, you create room for something new, yeah, that's right. something healthy, something that can produce fruit. When we remove those things that have held us back, if we pull the root out, it gives room for something new to grow. If we leave the root in, all that happens is the same weed grows. We need to remove the root. The removal of anything in your life is always exciting when God is at the source of it, church, because he is making room for something new, something healthy to grow. Don't waste this season. If the team wants to come up, we're going to worship in a second. Don't waste this season, church by merely trimming the trees, by merely trimming the leaves. Don't waste this moment by merely just pulling the stem, yeah. right? Don't waste this moment by only dealing with what we see on the outside church. But let's use this moment to deal with the roots of these things that have held us back for our lives. I believe that in this moment today, church, if there are things that are hold you back, they are going to be pulled out today. Because Jesus is the ultimate gardener. Psalm 139 says, chapter 23, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense, anything within me, and lead me to a way everlasting. Lead me to a way everlasting. Church, I do believe that God wants to do a work right now. And if you're in this room, would you mind standing with me in this moment? We're going to stand. And I want us just to, if you are new here this morning, you're welcome just to sing with us and follow us. But I encourage you that in this moment, Church, if you could close your eyes and if you are willing, hold your hands out to God. And I want you to think about those things that you are aware of. And maybe right now, God is going to bring you into the light on those things that have been holding you back those root issues. They may have been from 2020 and they may have been from 20 years ago. But God wants to remove the roots in this moment. God wants to do a new work. He wants to create room in those areas that have only grown weeds. He wants to produce fruit with those areas and those places that have only produced weeds (laughs) Weeds. <laughs> it says in Matthew 3, John the Baptist is talking about the Holy Spirit. And he says, The Holy Spirit, there would be someone coming that would bring power and fire. And we don't talk about it too much in church life, but we are upon a Pentecostal church here. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and we believe in the fire of the Holy Spirit. What the fire is? It's a cleansing fire. That when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he cleanses you and takes away the things that are not of God. And I believe in this moment and we're going to pray that Holy Spirit fire would fall upon this place today. That those things that need to be taken out, the cleansing would happen. So God we're going to pray, church. Come on, let's pray. So God, I welcome you to do a work right now, Jesus. Search our hearts, God. I pray, God, that we would submit to this. So we would not submit to those symptoms any longer. That, Lord, blame-itis, deflection-itis, spiritual Lord, excuse-itis and victim-itis, Lord, would not hold us back anymore. Holy Spirit, I pray, In this house this morning, fall afresh right now, Holy Spirit. I pray that your fire would come, that it would cleanse us, God. So, Lord, I pray, cleanse those issues. Lord, I pray to this morning that you would be the ultimate gardener. Lord, that you would do surgery on those issues that have held us back. Lord, that the roots would be pulled out. Lord, that we would not deal with the stem or the leaves any longer, God. But, Lord, we would deal with the root in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I pray. Jesus, just as you spoke to that fig tree, Lord, I pray, speak to those issues. Holy Spirit, cleanse us this morning. Take away the roots. Deal with the roots. Expose the roots. Pull the roots out, God. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with faith to believe that in this moment, Jesus, you can do a new work today. That you could fall afresh. You can fall afresh. Church, know this. The promise is still the same. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Today, I'm not asking you to put trust in me. I'm asking you to put trust in him. I'm asking you to turn to him. Before you turn anywhere else, turn to Jesus. So we're just going to worship for a moment. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity if you would like to come down the front if you would like some prayer if you would like some of our team our pastors and our leaders to come and to pray for you to lay hands on you we welcome you up we have a COVID safe system here we will look after you but in this moment do not let this moment pass today church God wants to deal with those roots so team if you could lead us that would be great thank you